Hello, I'm Sharon Collin and you are listening to the ADHD Families Podcast. I am a mum of three beautiful boys with ADHD. I love being a mum, but my home life was absolute chaos and the stress of daily life had a terrible effect on my health. My husband had so many horror-filled stories of growing up with ADHD that I decided I wanted to change the experience for my little boys. So I got to work and I systematically changed and streamlined my family's lives to suit the ADHD brain. And now that I have my family on track, I want to help yours. Do you want a life with your beautiful kids that is more functional, fun, and full of joy? Let's explore together the wonderful and sometimes wacky world of raising kids with ADHD. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Now, this episode is going to be all about the ultimate bucket list item that I recently did. Uh, And the reason that I wanted to share it with you today is because I know how burnt out a lot of you guys are and you're going to relate to my story of feeling really exhausted and something special that I've been planning for a long time to help combat some of that exhaustion. So Anthony and I have in our notes section of our phone, we have a bucket list, right? So things that we want to do before we die. And Anthony's got one that he, um, he I'll give you one of example of one of his items. He went to New Zealand and he went to do a gigantic, the, the world's biggest bungee jump and he chickened out and he wants to go back and give it another crack, which I think is awesome. And I've got some really obscure ones. Like I want to go to Cairns and visit this place called Paranella Park. Uh, I want to see a killer whale in the wild because I think that would be awesome. And I wanted to do a week at Gwingana Health Retreat. And I booked it a couple of years ago and I booked this uh, this holiday at Gwingana and I had to cancel it because I needed surgery and I, I was too sick to go. And it's always been lingering in the back of my mind uh, that I couldn't go to this place because I have a health condition, cerebral arthritis. And it's always felt like a really limiting belief or something that I couldn't do because I have this busy life with extra needs kids and there was all these obstacles in the way. Like to, to me, going away from my kids for a whole week was just so far. Like I just couldn't see how this could happen. And it had already been cancelled once, once, which gave me fuel to the fire that it couldn't be done. But... I wanted to give it a crack. Now, that why Gwingana? Why Gwingana? It's in the Gold Coast hinterlands, and you guys know that I'm in Sydney, um, so it's not close. There's plenty in Sydney that I could have gone to, but the reason that I wanted to go to Gwingana is because years ago, in another lifetime, I worked in a, a law firm, and I can remember the HR manager went to Gwingana for seven days, and when she came back, I'm not kidding, she looked completely different. Like she was so relaxed. All the muscles in her face were relaxed. She looked like a different person in seven days. Like she was so stressed before she left, but she came back and she just looked so refreshed. And that's always stuck in my mind that that would be an incredible thing to do. But I couldn't see how I could make it happen. Now I know that we get told a lot of stuff about 
self-care, when you look after kids with extra needs and how important it is. And I am a big advocate of that. I, I, you know, not getting facials and all that sort of stuff that takes time, but having little moments of self-care and also being compassionate about how we treat ourselves, how we talk, um, you know, that voice in our head, you know, being compassionate with ourselves because we are doing a really big job looking after our beautiful kids with ADHD. Uh, But I wanted something more. I wanted something where you went there and they just took total care of you and it was ultra healthy and I didn't have to think about when, you know, meal planning or where I was going to get my next meal. I wanted everything done for me. And I also just wanted to be really quiet. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to have like big DNMs with everyone because obviously I talk for a living. I do coaching for a living. I wanted to have an, the ultimate break. So I'm going to tell you what I did to set this up, what it was like, things that went wrong, what I've learned from it. Uh, So first up, I booked it in and I was terrified that I was going to have to cancel it again and lose all the money like I did the first time, um, even though I had insurance, which was good. Uh, But I booked it in, in a fair bit in advance, and then I set about with Anthony working out how on earth I was going to pull this off. And how did I afford it? Well, for the last forevers in Christmas, I have asked for Christmas presents, money towards Gungana. And then it was also my 40th birthday. And so everyone for all my friends put in so I could go. My husband gave me money so I could go as my present. All my relatives gave me money so I could go. And so I'd been saving for it for a quite a while and lots of birthday and Christmas money was going towards it because it ain't cheap. It ain't cheap, but it's also totally worth it. And it's one of those places that once you get there, uh, other than spa treatments, everything's included. So you kind of know how much you're going to spend once you map out what spa treatments you're going to have. So I had to work out how I was going to pull this off with three kids with extra needs. So I, number one, I didn't go in school holidays because I wanted the kids to be able to go to school. So whoever was looking after them would have a break. Uh, and then I quickly realized that with Anthony's hours and how much he's on the road, that he can only contribute a little bit of time. So I was going to need reinforcements. So months out, I actually hired an au pair from Germany, uh, this lovely lady called Laura, And she flew over and lived with us and I trained her up for months about how to look after the boys. And so nothing would change for the boys. They would have that consistency and that routine that they are, you know, comfortable with. And she lived with us for a few months beforehand so I could check that everything was all good. Uh, And then I set about going on the trip of a lifetime. So a lot of planning went into it. I had all the meals, uh, you know, meal plan ready to go. I had shopping ready to go. I had a trained au pair there. Uh, so they she could do all the pickups and drop-offs and things. Uh, and I had everything mapped out with the animals and the house and lots of logistics. I wish I could tell you that it wasn't that hard, but there was a lot of logistics that went into going on the back end of it because I knew that once I went there, I really wanted to just switch off. And I know that Gwingana doesn't have phone reception. It only has phone reception in one area of the cricket pitch, right? So it's the ultimate break and I needed to ensure that the boys were going to be okay. So it came to the day 
And I didn't fly because I don't like flying and I also just didn't want to catch COVID on the flight, breathing everyone else's air and stuff like that. So I just wanted to drive. I feel much more comfortable driving my own car, having that sense of control. So I drove from Sydney and I uh, just drove, I stayed the night in Coffs Harbour on the way through to Wingana. So I sort of broke the trip up into two parts. And that drive was, I thought it was going to be long, but it was absolutely incredible. I listened to podcasts. I was like just living my best life, not having the kids fighting in the back of the car. I was, I felt a bit Thelma and Louise, to be honest, uh, which was awesome. I stayed in a little cheap motel in Coffs Harbour on the way, uh, went and got myself some dinner. It, it just felt really special to have no one asking me for anything for a while. And then the next day I drove from Coffs Harbour to the Gold Coast hinterlands in Guingana. And when you check in there, you get it's built up on this mountain and it's all made out of old buildings that were like the Tweed Heads um, general store and everything. It's all really um, these beautiful Queenslander-type buildings. And they welcome you in and you go straight into a sort of seminar that they tell you what's going to happen. Uh, you get told not to ask anyone there. Uh, what they do for a living because people want to switch off. And I made a promise to myself because I am a coach, right? And that's what I am so fascinated by people and so uh, trained to ask people questions and, you know, and I'm really curious about people's lives. But I really made a conscious effort to just not get involved in anything. I didn't want to be like making new best friends. I didn't want to be like coaching someone about their child that has ADHD. I wanted to sort of separate myself a little bit and just enjoy the quiet. Uh, so I made that promise to myself. Where I was staying was in the orchard suites. It was far away from everything. It was just the ultimate quiet. There's no TV. There's no Wi-Fi. There's nothing. Um, so it's a real switch off. Very distressing for me that my I had no social media and phone. And when I realised that, you know, you really, like, you really got to switch off. I did struggle with that, I've got to say. Like, I'm so used to filling up my time by scrolling my phone, researching things. Like, it's not even just social media. Just being able to go, oh, I wonder what that's called, and just being able to Google it. It was really interesting to see how much I struggled with that, uh, you know, switching off. So we've got the setup now. We know how I got there, how I managed to pull this off as a mum of three. And... Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about how the day run at Guingana. So you get up in the morning and they you get up at I think it's like 6 a.m. and you do you go out to the lawn overlooking the water and you do some chi kung, which is kind of like Tai Chi. Um, it's like you know, slow movements as the sun's coming up. And then you go straight into a walk. So they have all people, different people doing different levels of walk. So the hard walk, easy walk. And now I chose the easy walk because I have cerratic arthritis and it wasn't that easy, guys. It wasn't that easy. It was, I was like, this is, they've undersold this easy walk. Uh, and so you, they, they do a walk and you saw koalas in the wild. It was all very naturey and beautiful. I did have a leech on me and a tick on me. Luckily the tick didn't bite me. Um, so there was lots and lots and lots of nature uh, and I got a th about a thousand mosquito bites on these walks. Uh, but they were really lovely and really nice way to start the day with that movement. Then you'd go for breakfast and it was just the most incredible food ever. The food was just spectacular on this retreat. 
and then you do a uh, sort of a higher intensity exercise so you could have the option of a high or a low so you do like a boxing class or um, like a dance class or something and then or you could do like a yoga as well and so you could do that activity and all the activities are optional you don't actually have to do it and then uh, you've got some uh, like a seminar on so they talk to you about diet and about um, you know stress and sleep um, we even did a seminar about poo, uh, which was hilarious. And then you go in the afternoon, it becomes like more rest time. Like everything sort of dims down a little bit and people that are doing spa treatments goes off, go off to the amazing spa and other people, you know, might, you know, do some reading or whatever they feel like they want to do at that time or rest. And then you've got dinner in the evening and then bed and everyone goes to bed really early because they have to get up really early the next day. Um, so I wanted to talk about things that I found challenging on this retreat. So number one, the challenge was not getting involved in everyone else's lives there because I am just that sort of person. Like I love to ask questions. I love to learn about people. Uh, and there, you know, I really struggle with not wanting to be ever like with wanting to be a little bit separate uh, because I didn't want to make all new best friends there the time was actually about me switching off and I knew that that's what my body needed at that time uh, but I really did struggle with that I really you know thought the people that were there were amazing and they had a lot to teach me but I just needed that quiet uh, also uh, things that I struggled with was obviously no phones no social media I didn't realize how much of a junkie I am now, I always am about, you know, giving my kids good boundaries with social media and things, but didn't realize how much I actually use it. And it was quite confronting for me how many times I went down to reach for my phone. Uh, we had some hiccups with the kids. Xavier had two discipline reactions at school there while I was there so I'd go to the cricket pitch to call in to check on the boys and I was just getting messages from the principal it was just all going very badly at at um at school and my husband was ha having to handle it which he's completely capable of I actually think it was a really good experience for him to do that uh and I guess just being away from the boys for that amount of time I I think I was geared up for it I think I was you know that I was kind of at peace with that, uh, but obviously, you know, you do do miss them when you're when you're away for that long. Uh, and then I wanted to talk about the best things and things that I learned as well. So the best thing that I did there, they have all these really unique experiences, really things that are really different that you just couldn't do everywhere. Uh, they one of the best things that I did was equine therapy. Now I am not a horse person. I am a boxer dog person and even probably a cat person, but I haven't really had that much exposure to horses and I'm a little bit like terrified of them. And we did this amazing session with an equine trainer called Sharon, a uh, great name. And we basically, it, it was a group of us. It wasn't an, an individual equine therapy. And it was, I found it more fascinating to do it in a group setting because I loved watching how the horse that we were doing equine therapy, there was two different horses. You could pick which one you wanted to do therapy with. Each horse uh, was completely different with each person. So the horse changed its personality based on who was doing the therapy and what that person, what that person, the energy that that person was putting out there. 
So in my therapy, they were all really powerful, but in my therapy, I chose the really dominant uh, scary horse because I thought I'll just go for it. And I went into the ring and I was a little bit frightened, but I overcompensated by being a little bit dominant myself because it was like a coping mechanism for me being a little bit afraid. So I kind of had big sort of demanding body language and it was really interesting because as we were guiding the horse around, every time I sort of pushed forward, the horse would try and push over the top of me. Like it was, we were trying to be in this battle of wills and I was getting a little bit impatient, which is probably to do with my personality. Like I was like, just do what, do what I say, right? Uh, but what we learned over time is that the more I sort of slowed my breathing down and slow and became a calmer leader rather than kind of a impatient, pushy leader, uh, the horse was then not trying to dominate. The horse was actually more willing to follow me around and do what I needed to do. And by the end, um, I was pretty much like had a horse galloping around me, which I'm quite terrified of horses. So this was really amazing, this big stallion thing galloping around me at high speed um, just with the control of my finger. <laughs> it was really incredible, a really powerful experience. And that horse, same horse that was, you know, doing the dominating thing with me was completely different with each person in the group. And it was fascinating to watch how the animal was matching the person's energy. It was, it was absolutely fascinating. Like we had a, an, another gentleman who was super kind and placid and perhaps more like the, the type of person that would, um, you know, do whatever you say because he didn't want to upset anyone. And the horse was like matching his energy. It was very, very uh, strange experience and I learned a lot from it. And the lady who facilitated it was just incredible. I also did all sorts of like spiritual healing, like um, tribal dancing and all sorts of things that I would never normally do. Uh, but I was just up for giving everything a go. I'll, I'll give it a, give it a run. I had like, you know, beautiful facials and stuff as well. Um, but it was an incredible experience. Um, that was the equine therapy and possibly the seminars were my favorite things, uh, that we, that I did for that. And then how did I feel after it? So at the end of your stay at Guingana, when you do the detox, uh, you have to write things that you want to let go of and they have this fire ceremony at the end and you throw it in the fire. And it was obviously very emotional for a lot of people because, you know, perhaps they were saying goodbye to someone who had passed, perhaps they were saying goodbye to a really hard time in their life. And it was just such a beautiful thing to watch. You know, there was people, obviously I didn't know what was going on for everyone, but it was very powerful for a lot of people to have that symbolism of writing something down that they did not want to take with them after this week of detox and to watch them throw it in the fire and then walk away and their body language was changing as they felt lighter and felt like they could finally let that thing go. And we all have, we all carry around with us so much uh, emotion, even, you know, our parents' crap, you know, we just end up um, carrying all around these 
things around in our brain and our body. And it's great to be able to let some of that stuff go. Uh, so without a doubt, it was a very powerful, a very, very powerful time away. And on the way back, I had, I drove back, of course. So I had some time to really process it before I went straight back into the fire and dealt with all the stuff that was going on with Xavier's school. I had some nice driving time. I stopped off in Port Macquarie, had a night there to break up the trip and then drove home. And, um, oh, actually I had a night in Byron as well. I stayed in Byron the first night, then Port Macquarie. Broke it up a little bit more because I didn't know how I would be feeling after the detox like I didn't want to drive and push back um, and put my body under stress because I didn't know if I would be feeling well obviously with um, the cirrhotic arthritis and things but it turns out I was feeling great Uh, so why am I telling you all of this it's just because I know how much number one I just wanted to share with you the the incredible journey that was Gungana and ticking this item off my bucket list and also because so often when we talk about looking after ourselves as mums, we've got all these obstacles about why we can't do it. And there is really legitimate reasons why it's hard. We've got kids with extra needs. We've got to work. We've got families. We've got mortgages to pay and all the stuff that comes along with being a ridiculous adult because that's what, that's what, that's what our lives are like. But there's also, I wanted to present this as also as a story of hope that with some heavy-duty engineering in the background, you can do some things. It might not You might not be able to do it tomorrow or maybe even next year, but you can do it. So even though I have a chronic health condition that I thought it might get cancelled again, even though I had that setback of having to cancel it the first time, uh, you know, over time I chipped away at this goal and was able to go and do something that I've always wanted to do. And, gosh, it felt good. It felt so good to just be able to go and it's freed up something in my brain as well to possibilities because without really realizing it, I had a limiting belief about my condition, about cirrhotic arthritis, about, you know, not being able to do things, um, not being able to travel, not being able to go places because my health is unreliable. And so having pushed through it and done it anyway, despite the risks, I feel a bit freer that I can make those kind of plans and that it might not always work. But on that occasion, it did. And I was able to go and do something that I really wanted to do for many, many years. So would I do it again? I would do it again. Absolutely, I would do it again. But I don't think I'll need to do it for a couple of, like, you know, for years now. I feel like it's something that uh, is truly precious and I will always be thankful for the time and I, just giving my body that break that it needed. But it doesn't really matter to me whether I do it again in the way that just knowing that a place like that exists, that if I ever got so burnt out that I couldn't cope with my surroundings anymore, that I could go there. And that's comforting to me that there's this place where everything's done for you and you can truly rest and relax. That is really comforting. And that's kind of all I need right now, knowing that that place exists and that we can access it when, you know, if we really needed to. Uh, That's kind of what I needed, just knowing that there was an escape if I needed to from my busy, hectic life. So I hope that's a comfort to you as well and that you can 
think about some things on your bucket list and think about what in those times, you know, think about the what things on your bucket list you can make happen because you are more than just a parent of special needs kids. That's a big part of your life, but that's not you. You are a person with your own hopes, dreams, fears, your own bucket list. And I want your life to be for you. And so I would love it if you could write in with some of your bucket list items at Sharon at the functionalfamily.com. So you can put it out there to the world about what things you want to do with your life. And we can work together at chipping some of these things off your list so that you get to do the things that you want to do too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. If you loved it, please share it on your socials. I want this to start a conversation about ADHD. If you want to make this mum do a little happy dance, please leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to know more about what we do, check out thefunctionalfamily.com. I truly hope that you enjoyed this podcast and you use it to create a wonderful, effective, joyful life with your beautiful children.